Uh, this is the loud one. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> you might want uh, I had no one to blame How I longed to hide my face I was so ashamed Of all the wrongs I'd done And I knew I had to pay Oh, I was bound to face hell's flames I'd be there today my friend, but for the blood, but for the blood shed on Calvary's tree, but for the blood there'd be no hope for you and me, for all my righteousness is filthy rags and that's all I'll ever be, but for the blood. That cleansed and set me free. Even now I get so low. You see the devil, he lets me know I'm so undeserving. I'm unworthy of God's love. Oh, yes, I know it's true. But here I am with the chosen few. I'd be lost today. My friend, but for the blood, but for the blood shed on Calvary's tree, but for the blood there'd be no hope for you and me. For all my righteousness is filthy rags, and that's all I'll ever be, but for the blood. That cleansed and set me free. There's been many trials we faced yeah. since we started in this race. There've been times it seems no hope was inside. There's been times that the valley seemed so long, dark and cold. But my Lord has been there every step of the way. It's been worth every mile. It's been worth every trial. It's been worth every valley that we've crossed. It's been worth everything that we've faced in his dear name. And it'll be worth it all when we see his face. There's been many prayers I prayed and it seemed he didn't hear. Many times it seemed an answer would never come. Many times I've grown weary and forgotten the prayers I prayed. But my Lord remembers and answers every one. 
It's been worth every mile. It's been worth every trial. It's been worth every valley that we've crossed. It's been worth everything that we've faced in his dear name. And it'll be worth it all when we see his face. All right, good morning. good morning. Well, let's look in our Bibles this morning. Uh, that's good singing, Brother Tommy. I really appreciate that, both of you, not just Tommy, but I, I like that. Tommy's singing the loudest, amen. So I, uh, I was watching uh, some, uh, some of the videos from my home church, White Plains Baptist Church, and they were singing that song the other day. I said, maybe you and Heidi and Nathan ought to sing that this week. Uh, they said, Brother Tommy sings that song. I said, well, let me hear Tommy sing it then. That's good, amen. You know, they, uh, this modern day stuff, you know, these guys spend thousands of dollars to get all this equipment, and then they go take singing classes on how to pronounce each vowel and emphasize this part and that part and get up and say, all it sounds like is a bunch of junk to me, amen? Yeah. Uh, I remember growing up with a bunch of hillbillies, just like Tommy. Of course, Tommy's a flat billy, flat <laughs> flatlander billy, uh, but there ain't no difference. Just old country people and get up and sing with all they got and sing like they mean it, and that means more than anything to me, amen? Uh, they may not give you no Dove Award, Amen. But you'll be able to fellowship with the one that made the doves. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's a wonderful thing. Amen. Wonderful thing. Wonderful thing. Uh, I'm going to be in Second uh, Corinthians chapter five. Now, y'all pray for me uh, because I've been uh, I've been uh, I guess under the not really under the weather. That sounds like a flu or the cold. I just don't feel good much anymore. And I wish you'd pray for me. Um, and ask God to help me because I want to have a good time this week. I want to eat a lot. Amen. And uh, I hadn't been eating very much here lately and different stuff like that. And uh, all I know is uh, uh, the best medicine for that is to pray. Yeah, right. Amen. Yeah. Now, we got a lot of witch doctors in the world today. You know, this, uh, I like to pick on these ladies, this essential oil stuff, you know. One time I came and Ruth had this little pot boiling on the, uh, on the counter in the kitchen. It smelled good, but I'd never seen the, that particular pot before, and it got this light on the inside of it, and it's glowing, and I was like, what in the world? And uh, I told her this morning, she's wearing that black dress. I said, all you need is one of them big pointy hats. <laughs> I mean, you got your witch costume. She's not a witch, though. Uh, but I said, that, what, that looks like one of them witches' uh, cauldrons there. You got, what you got brewing there? She said, that's essential oils. That'll make everybody in the house feel better. I said, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> that sounds like witchcraft to me, amen. Uh, but the world's got it all figured out. They just like Eve in the garden, you know. If I just do this certain thing, I'll be this, that, or the other. If you've got, you know, if your gizzard's falling out, then you got to, you know, you need K2 or D3 or B112 or something like that. And you just know if you take everything uh, that, you know, I mean, the doctors, 
been looking at the human body long enough, they know this works this way and this needs this and this needs that. They got that figured out, but life is not a formula. Life is a gift from God. Amen. You take all the vitamins you want and burn all the witch's brew that you want. I, you know, the essential oils. But if you ain't got God behind that stuff, you ain't going to live. Amen. And so, I, you know, if I don't feel good, and it's not often I don't feel good. I've lived a good uh, life of being healthy and feeling good all my life. But uh, it seems like the last couple of months I've been feeling bad. But I've been to the doctor, so don't say, Brother Mike, you need to go to the doctor. I've been to the doctor already, but uh, uh, sometimes you just start feeling old, amen? That's, I'm starting to feel old. What it is is uh, when I was living down here, I was on the river every day or walking through the woods somewhere or something like that and staying active. They, that, you walk through the woods, you might run into, uh, you know, a, a condominium out there or something. <laughs> And you get in the river and catch something and eat it, you'll start glowing like a glow worm because all that mercury and stuff in the water, I wouldn't eat a fish up there for nothing. I was telling them fellas yesterday, we went to the uh, fish place down there, and if I said fish camp, somebody, some people would know, uh, but just a seafood restaurant if you're up north. Uh, but uh, I was telling them, you know, all that mud they got up there, if you was to, listen, I was watching this fella, I don't have a time limit today, do I? Uh, I was watching this fella, I pulled over to the lake, there's a little lake down below our house, and you can smell it before you get there, but the people fishing down there all the time, so I said, I'm going to stop and see what they're actually doing. And so this black fella was down there fishing, I said, what you fishing for anyway? He said, there's brim in here. I said, oh, okay. And uh, I said, do you take them home and eat them? He said, Lord, no. <laughs> I said, well, what are you doing fishing then? He said, it's fun. I like it. I said, Lord, have mercy. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. <laughs> I thought, there's a reason why God called them Yankees. They ain't got a bit of sense. But anyway, out there fishing, spend all that time, go buy the worms. <laughs> And then put it on the hook, spend money on the hook and the fishing pole, throw it in there and catch the fish and pull it in there and then throw it out. And that, that ain't the worst part. He said, I, I said, so you don't eat them, huh? And I already knew the answer to that. I just wanted to see if he knew what he was doing or not. But anyway, he said, uh, he said yeah, uh, you can't eat fish around here. I said, I, I, that's what I heard. And I said, well, what are you doing fishing out here? He said, well, it just helps me relax. Lord have mercy. That's some of the maddest I've ever been out fishing. <laughs> Ain't no relaxing. That's dumb, man. That's just stupid. But anyway, uh, he said, I don't know what caused him to volunteer this information. He said, yeah, and you can't even keep the fish out of the water long. He said, they stink so bad when you catch them. That you got to throw them back in. I said, well, I wouldn't even waste my time on that. I didn't even say nothing else to him. I just turned around and walked off. I wasn't going to waste my time talking to somebody that dumb. <laughs> but uh, uh, everything's mud, and it's the, it's the ugliest mud you've ever seen. And you know that fish swimming around that stuff ain't going to be good to eat yeah. when you do it. And I was telling them fellas yesterday how to, how to eat a mud cat. Because you know it ain't going to taste good. And I said, what you got to do is you got to cut him down the middle and lay him open, nail him to, the, to an oak board. And then you got to put 
hot sauce on it and black pepper and you got to put just as many different seasonings as you can on there and then you put it in the oven and you bake it at 500 degrees for two hours and then you take it out and you pull the fish off and throw it away and eat the board. Because <laughs> I guarantee you it's going to be better than any old mud fish, especially when it's got that kind of stuff. But anyway, I don't know how I got on that. But I, Oh yeah, I was saying, you know, you, you live in a place where you can get out and do something, you stay healthy a lot longer than you do when you sit around and look at the uh, four walls and go to work. So going to work's bad enough, but then just having to uh, well, I'm not saying sitting around the house is all bad. Got a good wife and got good kids. That's a good thing. But you got to get out and do something every once in a while. Amen. Maybe that's what's going on. I don't know. Uh, but then, you know, uh, a fellow live up north long enough, and he's a southern boy, yeah. bound to have an effect. Amen. So there's a lot of things against me, and I appreciate you pray for me. Amen. And uh, you say, well, there's some folks from up north here. You might offend them. They know in their heart. Amen. They need to get right. Amen. Convert. <laughs> Amen. That's just a plain old truth. Amen. Amen. If uh, if the South wasn't better than the North, they wouldn't have wanted to fight over it. Ain't that right? Ain't that true? Amen. Amen. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I'm never going to come try to take over your house if I don't like your house. Amen. That, that's just common sense, ain't it? People break in still because they like what you got better than what they got. Amen. That's right. That's right. Amen. All right. Well, let's look in the Bible. I want to preach to you this morning about the creature that ate Folkestone. The creature that ate Folkestone. Now, you might not live in Folkestone. You might live in Hilliard. And so you can change the name of the message to the creature that ate Hilliard. Or we got some St. George folks here, the creature that ate St. George. And I'm looking at the fellow that ate most of it. <laughs> On the front row. Amen. Amen. Uh, the creature that ate Folkestone. What in the world are you talking about? Second Corinthians chapter five. I think you'll be able to figure it out pretty soon. Second Corinthians. I kind of enjoyed the Sunday school class, didn't you? Amen. Amen. I enjoyed that. Amen. Ought to have some standards. Amen. I especially like that part about that. Uh, uh, when he was talking about you, you know, you put on a uniform, you put your flag on your arm, let you let them know what. That is the problem. That's a good point. That is the problem. Amen. Bunch of sissies. Bunch of stinking sissies. They, they won't even stand up for. They're not going to stand up for the Lord or or stand up for doing right. They won't even stand up for being a man. Uh, these fellers, you know, wearing their mama's haircut and. All this kind of stuff, uh, worried about their their pronouns. I would love, I would love, with, from the bottom of my heart, for somebody to challenge me about what their gender is. Yeah. Say, excuse me, sir, and they say, oh, I'm, a, I'm not a sir. I'm a Lord have mercy. I'd I'd just about get in a fight over that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. See if that stands up in court. This man shot this man. Well, I'm not a man, so I got the wrong person. Now, that ain't going to work. That's stupidity. That's, that's stupidity. Lord have mercy. I was listening, like I said, I, I was listening to some stuff. I was listening to some older stuff from, uh, from, uh, from I can't remember. I think it was Preacher Lackey or maybe it was uh, somebody else, but it don't matter. They was talking, this was back in the 70s, this message was being preached. And he was talking about how at some college in Florida or somewhere they were talking about uh, 
maybe getting rid of men's bathrooms and girls' bathrooms. They were talking about, he's like, that's, that, that's where it starts at in the college where people think they got it all figured out. And, uh, but he was worried about them just discussing it back then. I wonder what he'd feel like. That fellow's dead and gone now. I wonder what he'd feel like if he was living in a world where they didn't just change the bathrooms and men started w walking around in dresses like it's normal. That ain't normal. Uh, and uh, it, that ain't normal. That kind of stuff ain't normal. I don't think, I still think, I'm not, so, I'm not confused about that at all. I don't, I'm still not confused about who ought to run a house, a man or a woman. <laughs> they get mad at, uh, they, uh, they try to associate you with all kinds of bad people. You start talking like that, but I'm going to keep talking like that. They can associate me with who they want to. Uh, God ain't changed, and this world ain't changed none. And so I'm going to stick with the old standards, amen? I stand, the Bible says it's a shame for a man to have long hair. Amen? So, uh, you know, they get mad at you if you talk about their man buns. There ain't no such thing as a man bun. There ain't even no such a thing as a man having long hair is what the Bible says. The Bible says it ain't normal. That, that's not normal. I think, I, think they're trying to, I think they're trying to erase the word normal. They don't want you to think there is anything normal. What they, listen, the, the secret to that thing is, there, listen, there ain't nobody confused about the difference between a man and a woman. Ain't nobody confused about that. Somebody that's got plenty of money and wants to be in charge of everything, wants to get all you little peons uh, fussing about stuff that don't matter, so that it gets out of control, so they have to step in and control it. Well, you folks can't handle yourself. Ain't nobody on this planet worried about no gun. They want you to get guns, and they want you to shoot one another with them so they can say you're out of control, so we got to control you. And a lot of people, the thing is, a lot of people, Brother Tommy, willing, they'd be glad to get out of control because just what you heard in Sunday school, people want to give in to this flesh and do whatever. They don't want somebody to say, hey, don't do that. They don't want no restrictions. But when a cop pulls them over on the street, they yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, where's, where's your independent spirit then? <laughs> That's exactly right. But somebody wants you to get out of control. Somebody wants you to do your own thing just like the devil did to Eve. They want you to do your own thing so they get control. Listen, who's the little G-O-D of this world? The same guy that told Eve not to listen to the rules. Now, according to Ephesians chapter 2, he's telling people what to do. If God ain't telling you what to do, then the devil's going to tell you what to do. Somebody's going to tell you what to do. Amen. And the devil's leading this world, and all you got right now is a bunch of creatures. Creatures. You know what you think of when you, when you think of creature, you don't think. See, you get you a new Bible, and that word creature is not going to be in this passage we're going to read. It's going to say creation. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. That ain't what it says. It says a creature because it's got life. A creation might be dirt. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And there ain't no gap, the only gaps between your ears. That, that God said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the Bible says, in the beginning of the creation, he made male and female. He made a man and woman, said, y'all get married and have some young and say, man, that's your job, by the way. Uh, now, listen, Proverbs 31, you can do anything in the world you want to. You can buy real estate. You can work in the market. You can do whatever you want to. But job number one, mama, is you a mama. That's right. 
Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Job number one, Daddy, you're not a construction worker, job number yeah. one. You're Daddy, job yeah. number one. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And so I don't know where I was going with that, but I know that did yeah. come down from the heaven. Yeah. Uh, but listen, God made this earth, and he, and he set up certain things and certain uh, factors in this life. You're just going to have to go God's way. Amen? Yeah. And what, what Adam and Eve did in the garden is they put out a bunch of creatures. Creatures, that's what uh, God gave us life. He, he wanted us to use it for a specific purpose. We got out of that. We, we are, I think of creatures, I think of rabbits and squirrels and, and stuff, frogs and stuff like that. Well, you also is a creature. Now, you're not an animal. Now, they're teaching you in high school that you're an animal. You ain't no animal. You're a man. God brought the animals to Adam and said to see what he would call it. He didn't even say, Adam named these things. But it seemed like God just doing an experiment. He brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And so he started calling them stuff. And then this last one that he made, he said, whoa, man. <laughs> Ain't that right? Amen. And that's all it takes. Some of you fellas in the trouble you in because that's what you said. Whoa, man. Uh, you've been looking at these things, ain't you? Lord have mercy. I don't, I don't have to wear these so that I can read up close. I put them on so I can't see nothing far off. <laughs> I'm just afraid because uh, I can't see nothing now. I can see the Bible when I look down at it, but my eyes has got real old, and so I have to see these. But if I look up, I don't feel too nervous because I can't see anything out there. But anyway, let's look at this scripture here. Let's read the scripture. Some of the Yankees said, uh, Brother Mike talks too long before he reads any scripture. And my response to that is, mind your business. Amen. Amen. Second uh, Corinthians chapter number 5. Did I tell you all that before? Are you all there already? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and let's, uh, let's read in verse number, well, I can't just read that verse. Let me read, let me read uh, verse 14. Let me start reading in 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Amen. I was dead, and Christ died for me. Amen. Dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians chapter 2 says. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Just a dead man, amen? Uh, now, uh, the Calvinists go to the extremes. On these dead, you can't do nothing. Well, I could do something because I was a sinner. Amen. I was a sinner. And now I'm a sinner saved by grace, amen? And uh, this flesh is still dead. That's all it puts out. That's all it produces, amen? And uh, you begin to think, I think, so, I think uh, some of the stuff that's wrong with me is I just think too much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I, uh, the older you get, you see people dying. That kind of bothers you a little bit. Amen. I don't want to see the worst person. On, now, if you'd have talked to me when I was 25, I'd probably said, oh, you know, uh, uh, Manson. Well, he probably should have been dead 35 years before he was. Uh, but the older I get, man, God be merciful. God be merciful. Amen? And uh, then you begin to pray, God be merciful to me. <laughs> Amen. You ain't worried about that at 25 years old, but when it gets a little bit, uh, a little bit different, you God supercharge this vitamin B plus 10. Amen? <laughs> do whatever you can do. Amen? Amen. But uh, this thing is talking about us being dead, and that's absolutely true. We, uh, uh, and like I say, most people don't go through life worrying about it. But the thing people fear most is already took place, took place thousands, 
took place thousands of years before you was born. The Bible said you're dead in trespasses and sins. Now I believe this in the literal sense and I believe it in the literal sense and I believe it in a spiritual sense. And a lot of things in the Bible uh, don't make sense at first and you think well maybe something's going wrong or something that you know maybe it's just typology or something. But the Lord told Adam he said the day you eat off of this tree you're going to die. And we've been dead ever since. Amen. You ever wonder why you smell so bad? You know why you have to take baths, don't you? Yeah. I recommend baths. <laughs> I, I was recommended baths when I was the pastor here. I still recommend baths. Showers, amen, every once in a while. Yeah. Once a week, whether you need it or not. Amen, yeah. take a bath. Because you stink, man. Yeah. Amen. All these ladies smell good, but that's because perfumes and essential oils and stuff like that, they stink too. Yeah. Them ladies stink too, amen. That's exactly right. And you don't go right up to your wife and say stuff like that. I mean, it makes her feel bad. But you know it, don't you? Yeah. Amen. It, you know, one of, the, one of the most frightful things I've learned about being married since I got married to Ruth, we've been married almost 24 years now. You know what the most frightening and alarming thing that I've learned since I got married is? Is that she covers up all of my faults and all of my flaws. Now that don't sound scary when I say it that way. But you know a fella could walk around with bad breath and stinky armpits for a week and she'd be like, oh I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. She ain't, now if you got a good wife, now, now listen, some of you ladies might get under conviction about this. Well just change it and it'll be alright. Uh, but a good wife, I mean she, if she points out too many of your faults, she'll realize she made a mistake. <laughs> Amen. So she's trying to be as nice as she can cover up some of that stuff. Amen. She didn't know I'd figured this out, but I figured it out a long time. I'm not as perfect as she talks about me as. Amen. <laughs> she talks real good about me, but I'm, I know I'm a rascal. And she's been living with me. I know she sees it. Amen. And I think the worst thing in the world, people don't see it about themselves. That's the, you know, I've said this before, and it's still true. It's kind of mean to say, but the bad thing about stinky people is they don't know they stink. They've been living in that way for so long, they just, they don't smell themselves. Amen. How many times did I say I would never get a dog? Now, I'm about to make people mad because people, people love dogs more than they like people now. Amen. I told Ruth, I, we ain't having no dog. We got a German Shepherd one time. I said, man, maybe we'll try keeping him in the house. Won't nobody break in. One day, that last, I'm talking about one day, that's figure of speech. Like three hours, I said, that dog got to go. <laughs> now, see, I'm not mad at you for having a dog or having one in the house, but my, if we let a dog in the house when I was little, Mama would whoop us. Yeah, yeah. Well, she said, I ain't having no dog in the house. Now, you have all you want to. Now, some of you got these creatures. They're like a little bit bigger than a rat. If a rat can live in your house, that dog can live in your house. Uh, but I'm not trying to make you feel bad if you got a dog in the house, but man, I just can't deal with it. But on the other hand, I got this youngest daughter. And her best friend, Maddie, moves out and leaves her there all by herself. And she's... Her and, her and Maddie grew up like twins. You know, it just, she loves her sister, Tori, but Maddie was her best buddy. And so, after Maddie gets married and Maddie's gone for a couple of weeks, we're all sitting around the house. 
what in the world are we going to do? And Abigail comes in the living room and says, Dad, let me show you this picture. And it's a little dog. It's about this big. And my, most of that's fur. Lord have mercy. She gave it a haircut a couple of weeks ago and it looked like four toothpicks running around. <laughs> four toothpicks running around stuffed in a sock. But anyway, um, Daddy, I got to have this dog. This lady's got this dog and I need a friend. I need something. And, uh, she looked so pitiful. I said, oh, okay. And it, we had to pay for That dog cost $1,000. It took like three months' salary to, to pay for this little stupid rat. Curly, skinny rat. That's what it is. And so after we paid the money, I thought to myself, this thing ain't going to sleep outside in the doghouse no worse. <laughs> it don't work that way. So we got a dog in the house. And man, I am forever uh, trying to keep things clean now. Because man, I tell you, I've been in many folks' houses that had a dog. Not, it doesn't happen all the time, I'm not saying. But there's a good possibility if you've got a dog, your house smells like a dog. Yeah. I'm just saying. And other people come to your house and they're like, man, it smells like a dog in here. <laughs> good to see you. But in their mind, they're saying, it smells like a dog in here. Now, I've been to some folks, and this is the, one of the reasons I consented to it. Miss Faye got some little dogs. Miss Faye in that house never smelled like a dog. So it is possible, I said to myself. But I said, youngin, if, this house, if I come in one time and smell a dog, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. Amen. You know what that dog is? It's a creature. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And bad stuff comes along with creatures. Yeah, right. And guess what? You a creature. And you heard the gospel truth this morning out of, out of Sunday. Romans chapter 7 is the hypocrite chapter. Yeah. It proves, listen, if Paul's a hypocrite, you know you and me is. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And you're looking at the biggest one right here. I would, I've told Nathan a lot of times I felt bad on Monday because of preaching. You don't think things go right. And I've got that mostly under control now. But now the thing I worry about is I'm such a rascal though. Yeah. Preaching. But I'm such a rascal. But you know what's true? The same thing had to be preached to me, and the guy that preached to me was, was a rascal too. Uh, just saved by grace, that's all. And I got on, like I made, I, see I backed up and read verse 14 instead of verse 17, made the sermon like 30 minutes longer. <clears throat> but y'all have grace with me, right? And that's what congregations are saying to the preachers. Now y'all want you to have grace. You're supposed to have grace on us. Well, you're supposed to have grace on me. You're wicked as hell and I'm long-winded. So we, there's, there's, room, there's room to compromise there, ain't there? Ain't there? Amen, there is. You see how it works when you start saying don't be judgmental? Now you was able to say it for a long time, which I'm not necessarily talking to you, but people use that for so long. Don't be judgmental. Well, what's all this stuff about preaching too long? To me, that, that sounds judgmental to me. Amen. Brother Mike thinks he's right and everybody's wrong. Well, why you got to be judgmental too then? One of us got to be right with God. Yeah. Amen. Right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So just be, be uh, what was I going to say? Be graceful or something like that. Amen. Pray about it anyway. Where was I reading that? Chapter 5, verse number 14. I'll try not to preach every verse. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. 
and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Thank God for the death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. That's the gospel right there. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, I mentioned it a while ago about this gap theory. Now, I got a lot of grace on stuff like that. You can believe stupid stuff if you want to. Uh, I believed it at one time, but the fact is I stopped. I stopped. Uh, I was telling Nathan yesterday there come a point in my life where I had to get out of the loop. You know, Christianity, a lot of people got methodology Christianity. This guy believes it and this guy says it. So they taught me, and it's good to be taught. But the Bible says the Bereans were more noble because they went home and looked it up to see if the things was true. They got in the Scripture and looked it up. And you and me can disagree on it. Now Now you start getting egregious about things like that and start talking about flat earth and UFOs and stuff like that. I'm not going to go with you on that because I can look at a telescope and look out there and see all the other stuff is round. Amen. And flat don't work like the earth does. Amen. It just don't work the same way. Amen? Amen. You, think, you think people would just think a little bit. Is it, can I talk about flat earth for a little bit? Like, look, if you get in a plane and fly from here to London, okay? Are you with me so far? We traveled a long ways in that little sentence. Now, get out in London, eat lunch, get back in the plane, and fly to Israel. Now, we're going east in case you can't tell. Okay, get out and eat supper. I hope planes fly that fast. If not, you're going to be hungry. <laughs> so, get out and eat, eat supper there in uh, Israel and then get back in the plane and keep flying east. Maybe stopping. You can't stop in Iran. And them people's crazy over there. Amen? Uh, and that's because they are who they are. That's a racial statement right there. God said they was wild people. And it's because of who they are. They're different from us. Everybody's equal. You're nutty. You don't know what you're talking about. Now, all men are sinful. I will give you that. All men are equal in that. But those people are wild people. Amen? And uh, a lot of other things I could say about that, but I'm trying to teach you about the flat earth right now. Where was we at? You can't stop in Iran, so fly. Lord, have mercy. You have to fly all the way to Japan to get any sane people after you leave Israel going east. So we're going to stop in Japan. And they, I don't like Japanese much. Yeah. Amen. I wasn't even alive in 1941, but I'm still mad about that. Yeah. Amen. Now, I do got a Toyota pickup finally, Brother Curtis. Uh, but every time I get in, I say, stinking Japanese. <laughs> this truck smells like Japanese people. Amen. I went to a Japanese restaurant the other day. Amen. They can cook and make trucks, but other than that, I don't care nothing for them. Amen. So, uh, amen. Uh, you know this world we live in, you can be racist. You can't just you can't be racist towards certain people. Amen. You can hate white people. That, that ain't racism. So, Japanese, they got it coming. Amen. Uh, they wounded some of my family members. Amen. Uh, and uh, from what I can tell from the way things are out in public, that's grounds to, to talk bad about people. They still talking bad about Robert E. Lee. So apparently if you do bad things, you can talk about people. It's okay to be, to be that way. Ain't that right? If they can do it to you or Thomas Jackson, Robert E. Lee, 
I didn't hear that amen on that first one there. Amen. Well, you better say it a little louder, amen? When I say Robert E. Lee, my wife says, amen, amen, that's right. If you don't, Joe Biden said, if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. Which is the most racist statement I've ever heard in my life. Amen. Uh, if he can say something like that, I can say, if you don't say amen when somebody says Robert E. Lee, then you ain't Southern. Amen. Amen. I wish that they would donate to me all the statues they're taking down. Amen. You got a big field right there. Bring them everyone right there and put them up right there. Amen. What a wonderful, what a wonderful thing that is. So we're in Japan wiping out Japan. Uh, what do they call them? I can't remember. Anyway, wiping them out. So you get off the plane in Japan, shoot some Japanese people. You done had lunch. What else is there to do after that? Get back on the plane. You got to have a lot of fuel in the plane now because you're going to keep flying east. Pacific's called the Pacific for a reason. It's big. It's huge. And so next stop, Honolulu. Get you some more gas. Get back in the plane, fly east, California. Lo and behold, the world is round. Yeah. Now, you'd think people would be able to figure that out and understand it. Yeah. But, but people are creatures. And this fits into the sermon perfectly because creatures don't sound like no Harvard graduate, do they? Yeah. Uh, when you think of creature, you don't think about Harvard graduate. You don't even think about people wearing suits and ties, do you? You, you, when I say creature, you probably think, if you're older than 30 years old, you probably think the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> I, I, know every, everybody over, I know everybody over a certain age thought of that when I said the creature. When I said the creature that ate folks and you thought about some lizard man coming out. And don't even get me started about the people who believe in lizard men. They're, they're living among us now. Well, okay. All right. If you find one of them, don't give them my address because I'm having enough people with these. I'm having enough trouble with these. Uh, like my Grinch t-shirt my daughter got for me says, it's awfully peeply out here. <laughs> There's a lot of people. Amen. That's the creatures I'm talking about. Amen. Oh, this message, I might have to preach the rest of this message tonight. Uh, well, it says, uh, Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You know, before you got saved, you was the most awful kind of treacherous creature that there was. Now, I don't know how many of you folks had old-time mamas and daddies, but old-time mamas and daddies ain't like new-time mamas and daddies. Old-time mamas and daddies said, you better behave, the boogeyman will get you. What in the world kind of thing is that to tell a young man? I mean, people actually told us stuff like that, and especially in the mountains. Listen, uh, you got this swamp out here? We had the Appalachian Mountain Chain. They're both kind of scary places. And uh, when you get out in these pine trees and there ain't nothing out there but you and gators and bears and rattlesnakes and moccasins, Lord have mercy. Brother Curtis, every snake that I ever got close to as a boy <coughs> run from me. And I shot with a 9 millimeter pistol at a 
one of them black nasty snakes out there at the swamp one day and shot at it, not the swamp, the, up here next to the Spanish Creek, and it chased after me. I shot at it, and it came at me like it was going to get me. I grabbed you up and tie you in a knot, you stupid man. <laughs> them things is vicious. Water moccasin or cotton, cotton mouth is what it was. He said, I'm going to come over there and whoop you. <laughs> I know the devil could talk and that serpent could talk to him. <laughs> I know that's the truth because you could see it in his face. He said, I'm coming to whoop up on you. That thing was vicious. And you get out there by yourself, what happens if one of them things bites you? You'd probably be dead before you can dial 911. How are you? Listen, I get nervous in a crowd of people. and How am I going to? get bit by something that's going to kill me and be able to dial 911. You can't even hit the numbers on your phone to get it unlocked. <laughs> and you got to get that thing unlocked and Lord have mercy. All I got to do is have a pain in my side. Now, you folks got to pray for me. I think I'm going to die pretty soon. Got, if get bit by a real snake, Lord have mercy. And you're out there walking around by yourself. I think I'll go to the swamp by myself today. Don't make much sense, does it? Don't make much sense. And as a boy, Mama let me go off through the mountains and stuff and creeks you could drown in and bears that could eat you and all kinds of stuff out there. And now they've even, some of y'all's hogs has even got up there into them mountains now. Causing all kinds of problems. Them things cause a lot of problems. That's why they should be eat. Eat more hogs, amen? Uh, but there's a lot of stuff out there that'll get you. And then on top of that, parents want to say, you know, in these woods a long time ago, there was this fella named J.D., and he was felling a tree out there. That means cutting it down. He was felling a tree out there, and the, the chainsaw slipped, and he cut his arm off. And so he was so mean, he sewed a hatchet to his arm. And now he's, so, he's trying to get revenge on the world. So anybody that comes up in them woods, he's got this hatchet. He'll come at you with it. And they told us stupid stories like that. J.D. Hatchet Man. And they, they went on just like it was normal. They didn't say, I'm just kidding or nothing like that. Uh, and you know, there's, there, at this day and time, there's still 15-year-old kids that believe in Santa Claus. So you know a little kid thinking, Daddy told me there's a man with a hatchet on his arm. And then they told me to go outside and play. They must not like me very much. <laughs> if they such as that out there, don't tell your kids to go play. But That should have been your first clue. But you're six years old. You don't know stuff like that. But people, I tell you what, uh, there's a lot of brave men, but there's a lot of fear inside of a brave man. Amen. I know that. Uh, they made a movie about a fellow that got attacked by a bear. Stuff like that happens all the time. You get out in the world, and you don't really need the creature from the Black Lagoon Amen. when there's people out there that'll do stuff to you. Hey, man, people, uh, you, uh, you've heard this illustration before, but I know it, it ain't no evolution. 10,000, uh, how many millions of years they say we've been around, been evolving, we ain't learned not to break into our neighbor's building yet? Uh, you'd think, no, that ain't nothing to that. Devolution. Devolution, that's going on. And we, when you get born, in, the Bible says that when man gets born, he goes forth speaking lies. Little babies, all oh, cute little baby, crying, go pick him up. Ain't nothing wrong with him. He's a liar is what's wrong with him. Amen. Uh, man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. 
And then you get, I was talking about Manson a while ago. Some people don't even know who Manson is. There's people like that all over the place. Yeah. You hear, hear about this guy, uh, I think it was Jeffrey Dahmer that was killing people and putting them in the freezer and eating them. Yeah. Lord have mercy, with all the hogs in the world. How does a person get to that place? Yeah. Yeah. But right. what you don't know is there's thousands of people like that that ain't never get, been caught, yeah. don't know nothing about them. Don't know nothing about them. You know, I mean, if I was you, I'd start looking around the room. So, so don't invite everybody to, to your house to eat supper the first time they visit church. Amen? <laughs> don't do that. Amen? I, yeah, we've got to be godly. Well, Christ went to people. He didn't invite them over. You can't find me one place where Christ invited somebody over to his house. <laughs> Amen? Am I, am I right on that? Is, that Bible, man. Uh, people are all messed up. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with it. People. Sin is wrong with them. I do know what's wrong with them. Creatures. And that's what we are. And people, uh, a creature looking out for its own self. Listen, if there ain't no God, I, I know this is a bad way to look at life and a bad way to look, because everybody wants to be nice. But listen, all this nice stuff is a result. It's a fruit of Christianity. Yeah. People being nice and friendly and all that stuff, that's a result of Christianity. The Bible says, for the love of God was spread abroad in their hearts. If you, that's one of the most important verses in the Bible. Look, you don't need a psychologist. You need to find out what the Bible says about God's relationship with man. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Listen, uh, if, you did, if you weren't saved by grace here this morning, you'd still be the same old wretch you was. And the only reason you got saved is God proved that you, that you was rich. Ain't one of you people got saved because you wanted to be a better man. Or, I mean, God might have used the gospel to teach you that, but not, nobody woke, woke up one morning and said, Hey, I think I'm going to do good. I think I'm going to be good. Unless God was dealing with your heart about the thing. I mean, the same, you're talking about, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. That same guy was thinking about committing adultery the day before or, or stealing somebody's lawnmower out of somebody's garage the day before that, or stealing somebody's transmission, or getting away with this, or getting away with that. And just forget about all that stuff that people do, and just think about what goes on in your own mind. And, and if, you, if that's going on in your mind as a born-again Christian, just imagine what in the world's going on in people's minds out there in the world that don't have a Bible and don't have a mom and daddy. Listen, there's a bunch of people out there right now. Mamas and daddies ain't giving them no whooping, telling them to do what they want to, and the schools telling them to be what it, I mean, they got, they're putting litter boxes in schoolrooms now so little kids that, th that identify as cats can go. Yeah. You say, why, how are people that dumb? They're creatures. They're creatures. Without God, you ain't nothing but a creature. But you ain't going to get off with me calling you an animal because you ain't an animal. You're a man. That little animal out there, that rabbit and that coyote, that coyote ain't going to answer to God for all them rabbits he's been eating. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. Listen, if there ain't no God, ain't no sheriff in Charlton County or no mayor in Folkestone or nobody else on this planet got a right to tell you what to do. Who's out there telling the lion don't eat that jackalope or whatever kind of deer they got over right. there in Africa. I don't know what they got in Africa. I ain't never been there. Right. But I know they got lions over there and they eating stuff and ain't nobody telling them not to do it either. You go tell him not to do it. You know what he'll do? If you walk out there in front of that lion and say, I'm the local sheriff. And I heard you was out here eating the king's deer and I've come to ask you if you wouldn't mind stop doing that.
and then when they come looking for you, all they'd find is your little badge because he's going to eat you too. You say, what is that? That's evolution. And, and because they're teaching that junk, that's exactly what people are acting like. Well, I identify as a cat. Well, you're about as dumb as one. I know that. But that, that's, that's the world. Brother Mike, you're preaching silly today. No, I'm preaching what is. This is where we're at. This isn't a preacher back in 1975 thinking, those dummies down at college are thinking about not having bathrooms for men and women. We're living in a society right now where they're past that already. They're past it. I, I see uh, uh, now they, a lot of the stores is because they know it's insanity. They're starting to put a man's bathroom and a woman's bathroom and then they got this bathroom with half a dress and half a something else. We're there. Creatures. That's the life of a creature. And I'm telling you, before you got saved, what you was doing, you was living the life of a creature. You was going about trying to consume everything. Some of you fellas was out here eating folks and alive before you got saved. You was eating St. George alive before you got saved. You was consuming, just like Eve, taking that fruit off of the tree. I got to have this. This is going to make me better. I got to have it. I got to have it. I'm going to eat off of this tree and live. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this and I'm going to be better. I'm going to take this. I'm going to do whatever I can to get a hold of this and I'm going to be better for it. Huh? Some of you fellows lied. I'm going to try to look at the clock when I say it because I don't want you to turn red-faced in front of your wife now. But some of you told girls every lie in the book just to get what you wanted. Amen. Amen. And some of you ladies, I... I'd like to think, I, I think better of ladies because I'm a gentleman, amen? But truth, I ain't never been no lady. I don't know what goes on in the heart and mind of a lady, but I guarantee that human nature is in the heart of a lady. Amen. You think a woman won't lie to tell, to get her way? Amen. What's your favorite color? My favorite color is blue. Mine too. We have so much in common. Liar. Amen. Guys do the same thing. Girls do the same thing. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to preach you a sermon sometime this week. I preached you a message one time called The Damnation of Isolation. The Bible says it's not good for a man to be alone. Right. I'm going to preach you another message this week called The Damnation of Desperation. Yeah. You know what creatures are? They're desperate. Right. Yeah. They're desperate. Right. They'll lie to get what they want. If I can't get it now, I'm going to lie to you about it. Yeah. Amen. He's like, well... That, that's, a, that's a nice man. That's such a nice man. Why would he do that? Because he's desperate. Because he's desperate. Amen. Amen. Oh, there's a lot to that. There's a lot. I'm not going to preach a message today. Not this morning. Anyway, I might preach it tonight. Some of you wishing I'd get done right now. I'm going to preach longer just because you're upset. <laughs> it's like 10 after 12 now. We're still going. Amen. Amen. Might try to set a world record this morning. If I go over there and sit down, I'll feel bad again. I feel good right now. <laughs> Y'all go home and eat. I'll just keep preaching the message. Leave, 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 leave the recorder running. Amen? That old creature is just out there eating, just consuming, 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 consuming. That's why most of us is broke, you know, consuming. You ask my wife, well, I will consume some products. Amen? If it's neat and has to do with violence, Knives and guns and stuff. Amen. Amen. That's what guns is about. They're trying to convince you now, you don't need an AR to hunt. 
deer. Well, I can kill a deer with an AR. Amen. I can, uh, thus also deterrence. That's Virginia's state motto. Amen. Thus always deterrence. What? Violence. On the Virginia flag, there's a, there's a patriot with a dead king laying there on the ground. He's got his foot on it. And it says, thus always deterrence. That's American. This stuff they got going on today, that's some kind of communist. When you hear democracy, what you ought to say is communist. Every time somebody says democracy, you ought to say it out loud. Communism. And communism is just European tyranny. It's the same thing. It's just that they got 10,000 kings now instead of one. Amen? They got, they got this fellow on the flag with his foot on a king. It's thus always the tyrants. Amen. You say, what well, the, the Second Amendment is not about shooting deer. It's about shooting governments that are tyrannical. Amen. Amen. I, I'm not telling you to go out and shoot nobody. I'm not telling you to go out and shoot somebody in the government. But if the government starts shooting at you, I'm not talking now, if you're a criminal, you might get shot. Amen. If you're a minister of society, you might get shot. But if you've got free speech and they start shooting at you, then you shoot back. Amen. The Second Amendment is just as important as any other amendment. Uh, there's an amendment that gives everybody equal rights, even though the Constitution says that. I don't know why it would have to be repeated in an amendment. All men are created equal. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Now, it's, it says it in the Constitution, all men are created equal. Then it says it in an amendment over here. So, who's these? And who's these? Somebody's legally a second-class citizen. Yeah. If not, they had all be protected under that one. But now that you've got them legally separated, you can cause all the arguments between them you want to, and you can tear up the country that way. Then you take away, start taking away all those rights. No right to free speech, no right to defend yourself. You're, that's, that's European stuff. Don't shoot the king's deer. Oh, man. If I was you, I'd catch all the fish you could without a license. Why would you do that? Because last I know, God made them stuff. Amen. Amen. God, God, the Bible says God hath given us all things freely to enjoy. Well, they'll find me. Well, riot. Let's just talk about all the things we can this morning, amen? Well, what are you talking about? You're talking about, you're talking about creatures, and they're consuming things selfishly. But, now let's get on with the sermon. He says uh, here in verse number 17, he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now you got saved. You used to be consuming. You used to be just me, 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 me. Forget about everybody else and their thoughts and feelings, or if I hurt them or not, I'm just going to serve me. But now, somebody come along and preach the gospel to you. If one died for all, then we're all dead. That's the gospel right back there in verse number 14. You believe that? You said, I am a rascal, ain't I? Ain't that the way you felt when, when you was convinced by the Word of God that you was lost? Didn't you feel like a creature? Man, the old roach. That's not very flattering. But old roach, scurry out, 
get everything that's good for you and then scurry back into your little hole. And you'd be surprised how many people live just like that. Ruth, when we was down here, Ruth knocked on somebody's door and was visiting and she said, she'd come home, Tommy, and she said, uh, she said to me, I was talking to this guy today and she told me his name and all, told me where he lived at and uh, lived pretty close to Miss Linda down there. And she said, this guy was standing here like this the whole time while he was talking to me. I tried to get him to come to church. No, I don't want to come to church. I, I don't get out much. I don't get out much. And she was like, is something wrong with your hands? No, nothing's wrong with my hands. And then she got to talking to the boy's mama. I said, boy, this fellow probably 30 years old. I don't know. And his mama told Ruth, he said, he sits in there and plays video games all day, every day, and his hands are like that. He can't even straighten out his hands. You know what that is? That's a little roach. Hiding in a hole someplace. Don't, don't speak to nobody. Don't talk to nobody. His mama goes out and works. His mama comes home and brings the food and he scurries out from his little video game and gets him a meal and scurries back in there. I don't care. Play all the video games you want to, but man, that is a roach. That's a roach. There's games and then there's games. Amen. If some old man can sit around and play checkers, you can play a video game. It's a game. A game's a game. But the creature takes that stuff to the next level. And that's, that's the society we're building. You know, Christianity is a lifestyle of go. Go. That's what, isn't that what Jesus said? Go. Go in, go in the world and preach the, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go to work. If a man don't work, he shouldn't eat, the Bible says. That'll kill you quicker than anything. But you was convinced of those things and you got saved. Now the Bible says you're a new creature. Uh, it's the kind of creature you said, creature still sounds bad. He done gave you that theological dissertation this morning in Sunday school. You're still a creature, but now you're saved by the grace of God. Amen? That happens because you were dead in trespasses and sins, and God gave his life for you. God gave his son for you. God died on the cross for you. God did for you. You know, one of the, one of the things that, I've, uh, that I grew up knowing about southern men, I ain't taking no charity from nobody. Uh, I never knew my grandpa's. My grandpa was dead, but my great-grandpa and some of those guys like that, my uncles, was like, I ain't letting nobody pay for my groceries. Now, God, God help. I know there's ladies now that's got deadbeat husbands and stuff like that. I know there's people that needs that. Thank God. If they're going to tax us, thank God they can use that to supply for some little kid that don't have the means or some lady that don't have the means. I, I, I totally understand that. I'd hate to be so incompassionate that I wouldn't go that far. But if God give us the ability to go out and work, I think we ought to work. Yeah, right. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, I was reading a book about Nathan Bedford Forrest. I'm listening to it now. But here's what they said. They said back in the, before the Civil War that they would take these slaves and they would dress them up real nice, and they would teach them a trade, and they would teach them to work. But they weren't teaching them that stuff because they wanted them to prosper. They were easier to sell if they knew how to do something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, look, here's what happens, though. Here's, here's what happens. They teach them. They provided for them. They gave them their clothes. They gave them their food because they didn't want them to stand out there looking like a skinny rail. 
They gave them their clothes. They gave them their food. They gave them the uh, medical. They gave them all that stuff. They gave all that stuff. They gave all that stuff to them. They taught them how to work. Didn't say they worked. They taught them how to do that stuff. They, they did everything for them so they could sell them. So they could sell them. So they could control them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you know what the uh, you, you know what a re you know what happens on a regular basis. A man says, "Now, you uh, get out there and get to work, and you work and you provide for yourself, and you do uh, you do this and you do that, and things are supposed to work out right as far as human humanly possible. You do that, and you get out there and you take care of yourself. That way, nobody has power over you." That way, nobody. So, when you're a new creature and you realize, man, I was so bad before, the new creature ought to say, well, I've got something to do now. I've got something to do now. Now, I need to get in my Bible. I need to have God direct me. I have to have God to lead me. And then God begins to take care of you and God begins to direct you. And then think, instead of doing everything for self, I believe I'd do something for Brother Mike. I walked in the church building, Brother Mike handed me a box of Altoids. <laughs> Looking out for somebody else. Amen. Looking out for somebody else. You get out and you get busy. Hey, work for God. Work for your dad. Work for the fellow that runs a grocery store down at the end of the street. Whatever you got to do, you got to work. But that's what Christianity ought to be. Christians ought, now you're Christians. You're a new creature and you're still an old sinner, but you're a sinner saved by grace. Now you got something better to do. Yeah. Amen. You're not just a creature, you're a new create. You're a new creature. You're a new creature created in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says in, in the book of Ephesians, you're created uh, in Christ Jesus unto good works. The Bible says he's ordained that for you. Well, a new creature. You're an old creature, you're lost and on your way to hell. You're a new creature, you've got a new purpose. New creature means new purpose. means a new life. You're not the same fellow you was before. It's easy to slip back. But you've got to have the Spirit of God in your heart saying, hey, that ain't, that ain't the way we do it. Any of you ever told a lie before you got saved? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Felt good, didn't? Got your way, didn't you? You told a lie since you've been saved? Yeah. Didn't feel the same, did it? Right. That's the Spirit of God. Yeah. That's how you know that you're, that you're a new creature. The Spirit of God uh, bears witness with your spirit and says, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. He said, well, what do I do? Well, you're a new creature now. You get it right. You don't hide it. Now, I'm not saying you tell me about it, but you're a new creature. Get the thing right. You know what's wrong with People's Baptist Church? The same thing that's wrong with every other church on the planet. Yeah. People still trying to hide stuff. Yeah. You feel like, well, Brother Nathan don't know about that. Brother Curtis don't know. Brother Chris don't know. Yeah. Uh, my wife don't know I did that. Yeah. But God knows. Yeah, right. I told Brother Nathan yesterday, I said, one thing that helped me on, on Mondays, Brother Curtis, worrying about what went on yesterday, is I just stopped being a preacher on Monday. I'm a Christian on Monday. Amen. That gets you out of the loop, that methodology. Listen, on Monday, I'm not a preacher. Now, I might need to get ready to preach next week, but on Monday, I'm just a Christian. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm a preacher today. I might preach all day. I, I see, listen, <laughs> any of you folks ever grow a garden? You ever see how when they grow and they grow and they grow and they grow and then you start picking the fruit off and get start getting late in the year and then plants start going. Late in the season. It's late in the season right now, boy. It's almost 1230. People are going, oh, oh, I love Brother Mike, but he sure is long-winded. 
Uh, I told you to mind your business. <laughs> See, that, that droopy kind of feeling you got right now is because you ain't minding your business. That's that old creature stuff. Yeah. I'm going long on purpose this morning. Listen, what you're thinking is, I'm usually eating by now. That's what the creature says. He's saying, boy, I'm tired. I, like, Saturday is really my only real, you know, this is not the Sabbath. That's biblically correct. That's, that's theology right there. This is not the Sabbath. This is the first day of week. Today's a work day. You're Christians. You're working today. This is preparation day for the rest of the week. Amen. And right now you're sitting here going, man, I, Brother Mike, Miss Linda's, whoosh. I was looking forward to see Brother Mike, and then he preaches all this time. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> go ahead and lay on down and go to sleep, amen? I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's creature stuff right there. Oh, I, man, it's my time. This is my time. Brother Mike preaching long. This is my time. He was laughing at the beginning of the service. He was growing strong about to bear fruit, and then, oh. <laughs> Hey, that's, that's the old creature. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. It don't, man, I was telling Nathan yesterday, Brother Curtis, them guys used to preach in the old time. We talking about old time religion. OTR, I wear my pen. You better take that pen off, sucker. Yeah. You ain't no old timer. Some of them fellas go to church and stay there three hours, and most of that was preaching. Listen, they didn't have the McCamies to get a new song off of every six months. Yeah. They were singing it just as I am without one plea. They weren't even singing the invitation. They were singing those songs. They were real to them. Sing a couple songs and then preach or preach most of the day because they ain't having no night service. It'd take them that long to get back to their homes. Drive 15, 20 miles on a buggy to get to church. And then the preacher preach three hours. and Amen, preacher. And then go home. Man, that's, I, I read their journals about them preachers. They go places, Brother Curtis, and preach. And preach most of the day, preach two or three hours, and talk about everything under the sun, like Brother Mike's doing today. And then at nighttime, they didn't have services because people lived so spread out, but they'd go home, and one fellow would say, Come to my house and preach the word tonight, brother. And they would go, and, and people from all around that fellow's house would come, they'd sit there and preach another couple hours. Lord have mercy, Acts chapter 20, kill some of you Baptists dead as a doornail. Huh? He preached all day, killed a man preaching, yeah. uh, put him to sleep. Just like, you, you know what was wrong with Eutychus in Acts chapter 20? Tired, just like you are right now. It's that creature thing. Yeah. <sniffs> Fall out the window. Yeah. And that, listen, that, that thing's in the churches, and people always been fleshed from now back to Adam. But what it is is information overload. Now you got cell phones and you got televisions and you got radios and you know everything that's went on in your neighborhood. Something happened uh, three miles back in the woods and sent out a text message and everybody in St. George knows about it already and most of the people in Folkestone. It just happened ten minutes ago. And right now while you're in church, people are out there gossiping about what happened at the... Man, last night at the hunting club this happened and man, it's just... And it's spreading right now. Information overload. Yeah. Take it, take it, take it, take it. Turn on the TV when you get home from church. Man, I don't believe I'll go back tonight and the TV will be on when you go to bed tonight and probably play all night. Yeah. Yeah. 
The, the creature's just that way. This fleshly creature's just that way. Take all you give me. Put a bluegrass CD in the record player and let it play all day. I'll take all you can give me. Because you don't have to pay attention to that. Preacher gets up to preach, you've got to pay attention to that. But that new creature needs it. I guarantee you, your flesh needs a two-hour sermon more than it needs a nap. And my body's screaming for a nap right now. I rode on the back axle with the 25-year-old I don't know how old you are. But 25-year-old driving, and I, I slept like this every five minutes. So I slept all day yesterday. Well, a couple hours anyway. So you know what I did last night? I stayed up. Oh, God, please let me go to sleep. <laughs> Oh, God, please let me go to sleep. Oh, God, please let me go to sleep. Oh, God, please let me go to sleep. And finally, passed out. And like 10 minutes later, Ruth says, It's 9 o'clock. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I don't know what time I went to sleep. 7.30 maybe. I have no clue. So right now I'm saying, Man, I'd like to go to go to sleep. But I can't go to sleep. Because you need to know you're, an old, old, you're a creature. And if nothing else, you say, Remember... Brother Mike preached all that time. Man, he's preached on and on and on and on. Well, what was I preaching about? I was a creature. But now you're a new creature. You're a new creature. You're a new creature. You're a new creature. I heard me a message from a man in North Carolina last week, and he preached a simple little message talking about you need to go fishing. And he wasn't talking about catfish, although I will take a catfish. Hey, man, you want to catch a catfish, I'll eat it. Hey, man. I don't have a fishing license, so I can't go fishing in the great state of Georgia. I can't kill, I can't kill none of Greg Kemp or whatever his name is. I can't kill none of his catfish. But I'd like to go home and eat. I'd like to go lay down and go to sleep somewhere, although I probably won't get to do that. I'd like to do that too. But there's something more important than that this morning here in Folkestone. Is there's, some, there's some men and women of God that needs to realize that this life and this world is not the only thing you've got to live for. You've got to remember you're a Christian. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. God has not only give you a new life and life more abundantly, but he give you a new purpose. You're not just a meal worker somewhere. You're a soldier in the army of God, and you've got, you've got orders to fulfill. You've got a life to live. You've got a gospel to preach. Well, I'm just a woman or I'm just a kid. I say you've got a gospel to preach, and there, every Christian woman got just as much uh, just as much responsibility to preach the gospel and be his witness as any man or any preacher does. You've got responsibility to raise these kids right and keep them in church and drag them to church if you got to. But if you live like you ought to, you won't have to drag them to church. To be the daddy you ought to be, to be the mama you ought to be, to be the witness you ought to be. And stop watching your grandkids go down the tomb and say, hey, that ain't right. And if that makes uncle mad, pop him in the mouth maybe. Amen. You say, oh, that's extreme. And I know that's extreme, and I'm just talking just enough to get your attention. You ain't supposed to pop people in the mouth as a Christian. You're not supposed to. You want to, but you ain't supposed to. But what I'm trying to give you the extreme just to let you know it's just that important. You need to say, hey, that ain't right. Yeah, right. And some of you would do good when, when folks come around not doing the right thing. You ought to say, don't come back to my house no more. I've told you the gospel. I've told you how to live. I've told you how to act. And you keep coming around acting like that. Don't come back till you got some sense. 
And when they leave, you go in there and bawl your eyeballs out because that's the worst thing you'd ever have to do to somebody. But listen, there was a day and time when grandpas and grandmas and mamas and daddies didn't put up with that stuff and it made a different kind of person. It made a different kind of people. It either made somebody get in line or it made them show their true colors and rebel. Hey, if you got a brother or a sister and they want to drink when they come around, say you can't come around here doing that no more. Hey, if you got to skip a family reunion, hey, actually go to church instead of going to family. They're going to schedule family reunion on Sunday, and they ain't going to let you go by 12 o'clock, and they all going to be drunkards. And if you ain't got enough manhood about you or enough womanhood about you, say, I ain't taking my kids around that mess, then they, that's probably what's wrong with you. You just don't realize you're a new creature. You ain't no drunkard no more. Amen. Amen. They, they get you in a room, set you down, say, hi, my name's Bill. I'm an alcoholic. Listen, you got saved. You're not an alcoholic right. no more. You washed in the blood of the yeah. Lamb. You're washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not who you used to be. You're something different now. Yeah. If somebody's going to act that way around me, I'm going to say, don't do that. I got some standards like yeah. my brother was talking about. This is not the way we dress. This is the way we dress. This is the way we go. And I'm not talking about suits and ties. Hey, yeah. I, I told my brother this morning, this is a good-looking church outfit here this Hey, listen, I'm talking about being modest. Yeah. Christianity is not about white shirts or suits or overalls or nothing else, although that is a good manly outfit to wear. But Christianity, Christianity is about modesty. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Somebody comes in the back door and they're wearing them yogurt pants. Hey, hope they get saved that day. If they come back once or twice more dressed that way, somebody has to pull them aside and say, hey, that's not the way a young lady dresses. That's not the way it goes. Well, you're being judgmental. I think I'm not going to come back here. Well, the way of the transgressor's hard. I tried to tell you. Yeah, that's right. Tried to tell you. Yeah. I preached to you. You didn't listen. I told you face to face what was wrong with you. You're not going to listen. Now you're going to have to go face the consequences like the rest of this planet has. Amen. Brother Tommy, you go through hard times. People look at you and say, that's what he gets. That's what he deserves. Hey, and turn around and say, Jesus died for your sins. Jesus died for you. Jesus paid every last drop of his blood for you and you're going to turn your back and walk. Listen, if, I, if you could say to a man, hey, well, you got what you deserve because you drank or you got what you deserve because you stole. Hey, how much more when a man turns his back on the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that was shed to buy back his soul? How much more when a man turns his back on that? Hey, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to walk away. But if you're going to walk away and you're not going to come see your grandma or your grandpa or your mama or your daddy that give everything they had for you just because you don't want to live right, then you're going to have to suffer the consequences for it. Amen. That, that's hard, but that's right, and that's true. But now Christians ain't got the guts to do it. Don't have the guts to do it. Amen. Well, I, if I say something, I may not be able to see my little baby for two or three weeks. They might not bring little granddaughter by. Or, that's exactly. But what's it going to be like when them people go to hell and you won't see them for eternity? That's right, yeah. Listen, the, the way the human work, the, the way the human heart works, Brother Curtis, I could tell you something, and it might make you mad, and you might not want to see me for a month or two. But if God is, if there's a God in heaven, and there is, and if, if His word is powerful, and it is, God's going to get to working on you, and God's going to get to dealing with you. And one of these days, you'll come back around and say, Brother Mike, you was right about that thing. Yeah. 
I needed to be saved. I needed to do this. I needed to get the thing right. A bunch of preachers this day and time, they afraid. They scared as the day is long to tell you what's right because they're afraid you're going to walk out there and they ain't got one bit of trust in God or one bit of trust in that Bible to think, hey, I'm going to tell them what's right and they're going to get mad at me and walk out them doors. But if there's a God in heaven, he's going to be eating at their soul for the next five weeks. People ain't got a bit of trust in that. You know what it is? They just like Eve in that garden. I've got to do this right now. I've got to control these people. I've got to control what they wear. I've got to control. No, it ain't about you being in control. It's about you telling the truth and letting God work on them after they get outside that door. And whether it's that door or grandma's door or grandpa's door or mom and daddy's door, you better be trusting the God that's able to deal with hearts after the doors close. That's what a new creature does. The old creature says, I got to take all the advantage I can. I got to get all the opportunity I can. I got, boy, I got to just, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to. The new creature says, God's got to. Hey Amen. You drooping sunflowers. You ever watch the sunflower look at the sun? It looks at the sun in the morning. It follows it across the sky. And at the end of the season, it dies. Huh? That's the attitude most people have. That's the way the flesh goes. Oh, if, I, if, if Brother Mike don't let us go right now, I'm going to fall out. I just tell you what. I just tell you, that's the way people are. But listen, the Christian life is not that way. The Christian life is, hey, God's got to do it. Uh, listen, if right now you're at your tiredest, I, I've waited all the way to the end of the sermon to get excited and start preaching. But listen, if, if Brother Tommy, if anything's going to be done with this message this morning, it's not the length of the sermon. It's not the content of the sermon. It's not the jokes. It's not all the stuff I talked about. All that stuff just lended to a long, boring sermon. But the thing about the thing has to be, God got to get a hold of your heart. What I did is I read you the scripture. I said you was an old man. Now I said you was a new man. God has to do something with that. My delivery, my dynamics, my funny jokes, that don't make a hill of beans. I mean, you can go, if you want funny, you can go listen to Dave Chappelle. He'll even cuss like you do. Yeah. Huh? You say, who are you talking about, brother? Hey, I've heard preachers. Some of the most popular preachers that there is in the independent, fundamental Bible-believing King James say bad words. And say them just like they thought I was glad to hear them. Just walk off. I was standing right out the back, right, right out the back, right there in the grass one day, and a preacher said one of the most vulgar words there is about a woman's anatomy, right out there. I said, I, I, I said, that's what I said. I turned around and walked off. We got time for that. I hear the preachers are out riding around in cars now, big time evangelists smoking cigars. Hey, that's why they don't preach on stuff. They're not preaching on, they're not, they didn't stop preaching on sin because they're trying to help you. They stopped preaching on sin because they're sinners. And I know we're all sinners, but we're sinners saved by grace. We're new creatures. Hey, I ain't trying to smoke no cigar. Brother Tommy, I ain't trying to slip around and get drunk. I'm not slipping around trying to smoke a little weed because things, get, things just get rough, man. I, I need some peace of mind. No, the new creature gets peace of mind because he's got Jesus in his heart. Uh, I'm th you know what the problem is, Brother Curtis? A lot of people got religion. They ain't got Christianity. Uh, religion is what makes people want to get out at 12 o'clock. 
Huh? Religion's what makes, you know, the good preacher just says a few words and stirs our hearts and then lets us get out of here so we can go do what we want to do. 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 Where's the people that want me to preach another hour? Huh, where's them people? You're saying amen, but you don't mean that. You don't mean, that's, that's that old man lying to the girl. My favorite color is blue. Uh, my, my favorite color is blue too. You're saying, Brother Mike, I get your point, but please let us go home. Please, hey listen, God's got to let you go home. Oh boy, if I die right now, <laughs> if I was to die right here, boy, I'd, Lord, I don't know what I'd do. I'd die. <laughs> what I'd do. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. God have to let, but listen, God's got to get a hold of people's hearts. God's got to do that. God's got, there's preachers losing their mind. Listen, there's preachers losing their mind because their church won't get no bigger than this right here. That kills some preachers because they think, man, if I'm preaching what God wants me to preach, everybody ought to be getting saved in town. That's not the way it works. How many did Jesus end up with? Zero. He went to the cross by himself. They all went. Actually, one went with him. Amen. You know, if you read that and you study that thing out, John had to get Peter in. Peter ran off with the rest of them. John went right with them. John got inside there and somehow he must have noticed, he must have heard Peter talking, like Brother Mike. Peter liked to talk. John, must, John was in there. The high priest knew John was one of Jesus' disciples. And John must have heard Simon Peter out there. And if you read it and study it out, John worked it out so Peter could get in there. Absolutely. So Jesus ended up with at least one good man that stayed with him. I think I'll just preach till there's just one man left. It's going to be you, ain't it? You're going to stick with me the whole way, ain't you? Amen. I knew you would. I knew you would. Amen. No, I'm going to let you go. <coughs> I'm going <gonna> to <laughs> But go not very far and take your men only. <laughs> me, you, and Brother Curtis is the only one that got that. I think that deserves another hour's worth of preaching. <laughs> Amen. Only go not very far. That's, that's Moses, ain't it? That's what Pharaoh told him. You go ahead and go, but don't go very far. Amen. You better be back tonight, boy. I tell you what, if you don't come back tonight, if you don't come back tonight and I see you again this week, I'm going to get on the pew right in front of you and I'm going to preach as hard as I've ever preached in my life. Amen. You say, Brother Mike, you would do that? I'd do that because I love you so much. Listen, listen, these new creatures that you are in Christ, listen, you need revival. Brother Curtis, you need revival this week. Brother Chris, I'm talking to the deacon board here, the board of deacons. Y'all need revival this week. Your wives need revival. My wife needs revival. I need revival. You need revival. I spent the last couple of months trying to get revival in my soul because I'm such a creature such a creature. You need revival. You need it. You teenagers need it especially. You're in the most dangerous you girls in the most dangerous time of your life. The most dangerous time of your life right now. You need revival. You need to get rid of that old lady. Oh, you don't like to say that. Boy I hate to hear a man call his wife old lady but Lord have mercy. 
that old man that we talk about, the person you was before you got saved, it's still there. It's trying to get control of you. Yeah. You've, got, you've got to realize Jesus died for you. Yeah. And you've got to work as hard as you can because yeah. it's so easy to get back into this old flesh and just get comfortable. And boy, I can tell you, I can look around this room and I can see the boys and the girls that used to come to this church and some of them have got out there living like a creature yeah. and things just get worse and worse and worse for them. Yeah. That's right. Hey, some of them, some of them have got good jobs. Some of them got good jobs. They make good money. Uh, they've got themselves in shape and they having all the fun they can have. And they also got tattoos all over the body. And they, they ain't never been further from God in their life except for when they, before they were saved. And that you, you know what they've done? This flesh, this creature has just decided it's going to consume everything it can out there in the world. And it never turns out right, does it, Miss Faye? It don't turn out right, does it, Miss Linda? Some of these ladies could tell you the ruin that comes when some of these little girls and some of you older men, some of you older girls decide you're going to be, hey, man, I'm going to go to church on Sunday morning. I'm going to be out by 12 o'clock. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it just like this. I'm going to keep living this life. Nobody is going to get me out of my comfort zone. Everything's going to go the way I want it to go until one day you're going to wake up and nothing will ever go the way you want it to go again. God will give you a little bit of time to be right and honest with the body he's given you, with the mind that he's given you, and one day you're going to push that so far that God's going to start taking away those little liberties just a little bit at a time. He done that to Paul the Apostle and said, look, I can heal you, but my grace is going to have to be sufficient for you because if not, you'll do your own thing. Hey, why don't you take the opportunity when you've got every right to make any, when you've got the health and the wealth and the wisdom to do whatever you want to do and just do the right thing before God has to chastise you into it. How many times, Brother Chris, did I wish I'd have went back and told my daddy the truth instead of him having to beat the truth out of me? You know anything about that? Boy, have you ever thought about, man, daddy got me this time and daddy got me that time and daddy got, boy, he really turned. Sometimes we laugh about those things. Boy, I bet your daddy tanned your hide. I bet. I can just look back here and tell. He's looking back there going. (laughs) Have you ever stopped and thought, man, if I'd have just done something the right way, Boy, that means everything. That mean everything in the world to you, wouldn't it? My daddy caught me doing some crazy stuff, man. I wish he'd have come in and caught me reading my Bible more. Yeah. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about just deciding which creature you're going to be. Yeah. Hey, if you're going to eat up folks, then why don't you do it the right way? Yeah, just right. burn them streets up out there. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why visitors don't come. I wonder why you ain't been inviting them. Yeah. I need somewhere to blow my nose. Thank God this is a Baptist church, amen. Some churches don't need no Kleenexes. I need them, amen, because I can tell you, we're in bad shape. I'm telling you what, Brother Curtis, I know, I know who I like to talk about, but I can tell you this. It ain't no Democrats' fault the, the way the world is. Uh, it's not a Republican's fault. That's just the fruit. Listen, the Democrats and the Republicans and the man buns and the yogurt pants, that's the fruit of a church that's dead. You say, how do you know that, Brother Mike? People are sinful all over the world. It didn't used to be that way in this society, though. America's come a long ways in the wrong direction. 
Ain't no Democrat going. Ain't no Democrat going to fix it. Ain't no Republican going to fix it. You say what's going to fix it? You mamas and daddies. You Christian young ladies. You Christian young ladies. There's going to be a time when you're going to get the opportunity to say, "No, I ain't doing that." Or you're going to get the opportunity to say, yes, I'll go along with it. And boy, the trouble that comes. I wish some of you ladies this week, that's about somewhere between the age of 20 and 40, who's got out and done your own thing. I wish you'd stand up one time this week and say, I was where you was. And I made the decision to do the wrong thing. And this and this and this was bad. You don't have to give gory details or nothing. But you could be a testimony to the fact that the old creature's ways don't pay off. They don't pay off. And some of you men could do the same thing. And listen, instead of talking about, uh, instead of having a little time like this and then going back to normal over the next weeks and months and talking about, uh, talking about, oh, the gap theory and the flat earth and all that stuff, just keep talking about that same stuff over and over. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. God got to do it. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. God got to do it. You got to get busy. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. This is the way. You say just repetition. All the time. It's been working all these years. Been working all that song you sung a while ago, they sung that many times. That's a new creature song. It's been worth every mile. I might sing a song with you sometime this week. I doubt it, but I, I did think about it while you was up here singing. Well, if I ever sing it, it's gonna be with Tommy. Amen. Because boy, that would be a some kind of melody of country boy right there. Amen. I wouldn't really uh, listen. I, if I've hurt your feelings by keeping you a few extra minutes this morning, I just wanted to use that as an illustration. We, the creature gets in a routine he don't like to break. I know, I know I kept you long. I apologize. I probably won't preach this long for the rest of the week unless you make me mad. <laughs> but with, with all the sincerity in my heart, listen, I'm not one of these weepy preachers that just weeps for the illustration's sake. No tears or nothing like that. Listen, I've seen it, boy. When I look over there at my boy, when I look back there at my girl, I know she's married now. I know she's got a different head now. But listen, when I look at my kids, I think, man, it's worth too much. Oh, yeah. It's worth too yeah. much. Yeah. It's worth too much. They need a revival. Listen, one of these days, this kind of stuff breaks my heart. Brother Curtis, one of these days I'm going to die. Yeah. It ain't that long, 70 years, 80 years all we got. And we, some of us won't make it that far. Yeah. Maybe we do. Maybe we get an extra year. But Brother Curtis, when I'm gone, these are left behind. Yeah. They got to have something that's real. Yeah. They got to have an example of what kind of creature is right and yeah. good. Yeah. Amen. They can't just love Grandpa because them little kids and my kids and my who whatever kid they can't just love me because I took them fishing. They can't just love me because I talk, and I intend to teach them how to fish if I can find a fish worth catching where we live. Amen. I, there's got to be more to it than that, man. They got to see me love the Lord and love the Lord Jesus and love his word and preach the word. Hey, and if I'm going to be trying to get back into my old ways, listen, I can't afford to have them see that. You say, well, I'll just slip around and they won't let me. They'll see it. Listen, they'll see it. Pretty soon you'll get, listen, you get so far back. That you'll, you'll get to the place where you get tired of hiding it. This is my house. That old, remember that old hard heart? 
Brother Curtis, the way your heart was hard before you got saved. A man starts slipping around, he'll hide it from his wife and he'll hide it from his kids. And I don't really want them to see daddy acting this way. But then what happens is you, you get back into that old way of life and your heart gets hard. It gets hard. Say, well, this is my house. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then they start seeing it. They start seeing, I can't believe daddy. They say, well, I, I can't believe daddy would do that. I can't believe daddy would say that. I can't believe that. And then pretty soon disbelief turns into maybe a little bit of admiration. That's still my dad. Maybe it's okay to do that. Boy, it's the wrong way to lead your children. I couldn't tell you how many independent fundamental Baptist kids are old, hard, bitter drunkards now just because they didn't learn that out at the bar. They learned it from mom and daddy. They learned it from mom and daddy said, don't watch this, but they're watching this. They, they saying to the kids, don't dress this way, but they're dressing this way. Oh, we ain't got time for that. Listen, uh, seven days ain't enough to preach. I mean, I, I'm sorry I took your church in a long time this morning, but I'm telling you what. Listen, this is the message we need to start off with. We can't save a message like this for Friday night. We've got to start off with this mentality. We're different people. You know what a revived people is? It's a different people. Oh, long, foolish sermon this morning. But I'm telling you with all my heart, that's the way it has to be this morning. Oh, listen, uh, I don't have no 15-minute course that's going to change your life. Only the Word of God and the Holy Spirit in your heart are going to change your life. And if you need to endure a long, one long sermon out of a week to learn that, let it be this morning. Let it be this morning. Somebody needs to play something. Play, play something. Listen, how about getting on your face this morning? Listen, I know you want to rest. Come down here and rest at the altar. Get down there where you're sitting at and say, God, help me. God, help me to help myself and help me to help my children. God, lead me and guide me and show me. God, give me revival in my soul. Give me revival in my spirit. That's the only way we're going to get it. Listen, if we're going to start revival, there ain't no sense in waiting until Thursday to let it break loose. Let the Lord break loose in your soul this morning. Say, God, help me. God, help me. God, be merciful to me. Remind me that I am a new creature. Help me because I ain't been doing like I ought to. I ain't been reading the scripture like I ought to. I ain't been praying like I ought to. I ain't been the example that I ought to be for my kids and my grandkids. I know some of you trying to live for the Lord and grandkids are doing this or your kids are doing that. I, I know that. I understand that. But that's not the norm. The norm is a bunch of back, backslidden parents and a bunch of backslidden grandparents. Don't care nothing about God. I mean, they care about God when something goes wrong. But when things are good, it's consume, consume, consume. Am I telling the truth this morning? Amen. Amen. Brother Nathan going to play for you as long as he wants to. You do business with God. <laughs>